0: Welcome back to the Straight Up Sports Talk podcast, another edition of Weekend Prep. Sam Thoman joining me as usual, and as Sam would say, I'm in my vacation home, as he's called it, uh, home from the weekend from college. But uh, Sam, uh, nevertheless, we'll get the podcast done. How you doing on this Thursday evening
1: this week has not been not, not been the best uh, to me, so I'll just leave it at that. School school stuff's happened, uh, project uh, last-minute project issues kind of dampened, and then the Ball State uh, game, I'm sure everybody saw it that's listening to this, happened, and then the election stuff that's happening, which we won't get into, but it's taken like five years just to figure out who's going to win the darn thing.
0: Yeah, we might know by Thanksgiving. We might not. I don't know what the what the what is the over under on that? Like, on how many days are left? I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say uh, two and a half. You take the Maybe. over the under.
1: It like I don't know. At this point, we we might it might like I would say five at this point. Five days, okay. I
0: I don't I don't know. Some of the some of the people at the news stations might drive themselves insane if it goes on for five days, but. Hmm. We're not going to go on for five days talking about sports because uh, people get bored of that. But anyways, uh, we're going to get into it here. You mentioned the Ball State loss. Obviously, we're uh, Ball State students. Ball State loss, hard to see they lost. But hey, you know we'll go one and zero next week. Uh, We're not going to really dive into that too much unless you wanted to, Sam. Uh, But where they can listen to you talk about Ball State and the uh, Cardinals winning and lack thereof is the Mid American Bandwagon Podcast. There you go, Sam. A free advertisement. Coming directly from the Straight Up Sports Talk podcast, you're welcome. You can check out the Mid-American Bandwagon podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Sam and your co-host is from Ohio, right? Um, uh, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania. But, yeah. okay so not even close in the enough state, but I don't know how he's doing a Mac podcast he's not even in a Mac state Sam let me come on you
1: could do a you could do a podcast from anywhere you could be in Columbia right now there you we go can still that, do a podcast.
0: that is the beauty that is the beauty of technology these days so let's get into the the episode today um, weekend prep getting you ready for for all the games this weekend we start with college football we'll transition to the NFL we'll give our picks in the final segment of the show Uh let's talk college football here Sam We got number 23, Michigan, at number 13, IU this week. It's a big matchup in Bloomington. They've already had their one big game down there in Bloomington this year. Do they make it a second? I mean,
1: they're already off to such a hot start.
0: It's going to be – I think it's going to be a really, really fun game for the Hoosiers and the Wolverines on on Saturday.
1: Oh, no doubt, and especially considering Michigan's coming off that just like surprising win, honestly, with their quarterbacks throwing 51 times, 300 yards, still losing the game to Michigan State. Michigan never lo- loves, never, they they love beating Michigan State. It was a surprise when Michigan State coming in there after beating, um, after losing to Rutgers, came in there, beat Michigan at home, was very surprising. I feel like Michigan's going to be motivated to get a win done. Hopefully, Michael pinnocks can come to the challenge. I know Michigan has a has has had in recent uh, history a really tough defense. So hopefully he can come through because I think that's the key to success for IU is is um, going through Michael Pinnock's and hopefully he can lead them to victory. It's a home game, but it's still going to be tough. Michigan's always a tough opponent for IU.
0: Yeah, they are. And it, it seems like IU normally plays them pretty well. Um, but another thing that I'm looking at, too, in this matchup and is the co- the, the coaching. The, the two coaches, Tom Allen for IU and John uh, Jim Harbaugh for Michigan. Wait.
1: Oh, wait. Never mind. Um, Sorry. I was thinking Michigan State. You're good. Yeah.
0: But the the two coaches in this matchup, I mean, it, it's kind of been talked about the IU doubters or talk about Tom Allen. He's not the best coach for the job, whatever. You can say what you want. But he's already gone toe-to-toe with James Franklin there at Penn State, and now He'll get a ch- his chance with Jim Harbaugh. This is a big matchup for him in terms of his uh, coaching and 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 how the outside world, so to speak, views him as a, a Big Ten football coach.
1: No doubt. And I think this is a big matchup for Michigan considering they already lost one game. It's a shortened season. Uh, like if Michigan, as Rich Eisen and many Michigan fans think this is a the year, they need a big win. in Indiana's – the biggest win right now tied with Ohio State for the uh, Big Ten East lead, which I don't think we'll, they'll be able to keep around. They're coming off two wins against Rutgers and Penn State, really feeling themselves a a win over a um, really good Indiana team this season. A, a possible Big Ten contender would, would bode well for Michigan. Hopefully Tom Allen can um, work his magic, get it done against um, Jim Harbaugh because – if you're the Michigan fans, how many more years of Michigan just disappointing do you give Jim Harbaugh before you call her reps? Because for as long as I can remember, he just hasn't been able to get it done in those big time games.
0: Yeah, you're you're right. And and now this is a big time game. And and you know, IU is is they they're, they really have nothing to lose in this game. I feel like it, to some degree they've already exceeded expectations this season. So they really have nothing to lose in this game compared to Michigan, where if you want to stay alive in the Big Ten, um, you have to win this game. Um, and, and if IU, you know, they don't really have anything to lose and everything to gain from this game on Saturday.
1: No doubt. I mean, Indiana, I think, I think has proven themselves, like you said, to exceed expectations. I don't think – I even expected them to beat Penn State in the first place, just to see where they're at. Coming off a 16 win against Rutgers, really looking really solid this season. It's looking scary. They're not like going into that Michigan State and then the Ohio State game. I'm sure Ohio State, at least when they play at Indiana, has to be at least a little, at least a little bit concerned. I know Ohio State definitely has the talent to get it done, but as we've seen from IU. They shocked the world with uh, the Penn State questionable call or not whatever you want to call it. Still went at the end of the day. Still put in the record books as a win, and then that a uh, solid win against Rutgers. So if they can get it done against Michigan, Michigan, and then follow up with the Michigan State, Ohio State might have to be on. Maybe might, might have to look out for the Indiana Hoosiers.
0: Yeah, I think they do regardless. I mean, you, you saw the way they played Ohio State last year. They played them pretty well for the most part. So I think it, it, it'll be uh, interesting to see the way this season for IU progresses because to this point you're 2-0. and you've, you've beaten Penn State, which is a huge win for your program. And who even knows what to make of Penn State? They go and get, and get blown out by Ohio State last week in, in Happy Valley. Who knows what to make of Penn State? They're 0-2 and unranked you know, for the first time in a long time.
1: Sorry, what did you say? I,
0: I said I, – I, I just said that, that Penn State is 0-2, unranked, for the first time in a long time. And, you know, what do we really think of Penn State this
1: year? I mean, I think – I think it's kind of tough to make a call on um, Penn State. When you look at it, at their schedule, they did have that one loss against India, where the, I think they really should have won that game. It just came into the fact where Sean Clifford made a few – mistakes. Uh, They decided to go for two. They got the win on a questionable call, of course. But then they followed up with Ohio State. I don't think anybody's really topping Ohio State. So I don't think we can really judge them until they play. They've got two a relatively easy schedule with Maryland and Nebraska next. I don't think we can really judge this team until that Iowa or Michigan game. Because I think James Franklin is still doing a really solid job. It's been a disappointing start to the season, yes. But I I think we're just with how their schedule laid out, we can't really make a call on this team.
0: Let's switch to another uh, highly ranked and, and highly talked about matchup. It's a it's a rivalry every year, the Florida Georgia um, matchup. Uh, the Gators at three and one, the the Bulldogs at four and one. Uh, Florida's already had a game postponed this year due to COVID, um, but Florida I, I really don't know what to make of Florida. They they have high expectations. Um, but when you look at what they've done, I mean, they, they lost to, to Texas A&M. They blew out Ole Miss and, and, and beat South Carolina and blew out Missouri last week. Uh, this is kind of a must-win game for Florida if they want to stay alive in the SEC and potentially in the race for a college football playoff berth.
1: I will say, all due respect, Texas A&M has really been good this season. I know it was – I believe Aaron Murray was talking about Texas A&M as a possible sleeper team to get into the college football playoff final um, – college football playoff. So this Texas A&M team, and from what I've seen uh, Florida – has done this season, I'm really impressed. They may have the best tight end in college football in Kyle Pitts, who looks a real stud athlete, potential first-round draft pick. And Kyle Trask has just been able to get it done. Yes, they had the loss against um, uh, Texas A&M, but every other week, and they only lost to Texas A&M by three. They beat Missouri by 24. They beat South Carolina by 14. They beat Ole Miss by 16. So when I look at this team, I'm really impressed. I think, I think uh, they could potentially sneak out a win against Georgia. Georgia, I don't, I'm don't. i not really buying into as a team as much. I think Florida, Caltrask, Trask, uh, and Kyle Pitts, I think that's a one-two combo people are going to want to watch out for.
0: Yeah, I just had doubts about Florida. Georgia has a better re- reputation, a better resume coming into this game, is what I'm trying to say, with a win over number seven Auburn and a win over – 14th-ranked Tennessee, you blew Tennessee out of the water. To me, they have a more impressive resume. Yes, they got blown out by Alabama, but in my opinion, Georgia has the better resume and and maybe has seen more competition than Florida this year, and that might give, him, give them the upper boost in this game, and it's a home game for them.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, home field advantage definitely plays a part. I'm not sure, does the SEC have fans in their stands? Oh, yeah.
0: The SEC's yeah. always had fans. I mean, they, I think they're allowing more fans in any conference. Uh, but, yeah, there will be fans there in
1: Georgia. So, that definitely plays in a part. And, yeah, I think they do have a better strength of schedule when you mentioned Alabama, like like it's Alabama. Like it's it's the, it's the hardest probably besides Clemson team you're going to face. So, of course, their strength of schedule. And that's definitely going to play a part in it. But I think Florida's ready for the challenge. I think, I think this, if any year is going to be Florida's year, which they haven't had a year since Tim Tebow where it's been their year, this is going to be it. And if they're, if they're going to have any chance in doing something, potentially recent college football playoff, it's going to have to be beating these tough teams, whether it's Georgia, whether it's Alabama, whether it's Elish. Um, so, yeah, the remaining tough team they would have to play is Georgia. So if they want any slimmer of hope, to do anything to reach the SEC championship game. They need this win. And I think, I think this is the year Florida, Florida will get it done.
0: Well, when you look at the SEC standings as well, this game is really to decide who will represent the East in the SEC championship game. Because uh, at Tennessee's at two and three, they're not going to, to get any uh, better and, and make a run. And they've already been beat by Florida. Um, and Georgia, or not Florida, but just Georgia. But still, this is essentially to see who who gets in there from the East. So, like you said, if you're Florida and you want to, you know, really kind of prove yourselves and 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 be contenders this year, this is a must-win game for you. Um, another the, one of the the final uh, kind of top matchup that's that's being talked about this weekend: number one-ranked Clemson in South Bend, number three Notre Dame. Trevor Lawrence out with the coronavirus. Sam, when you look at this game on paper, in my opinion, the needle falls towards Clemson, but just a little bit. I think Notre Dame has the advantage in terms of um, the home field advantage, but I just think Clemson is just really, really good. They, they they've played two week. Or this will be their second week playing without Trevor. They played with him, you know, a major without him majority time in the second half. I think the advantage goes to Clemson here.
1: I, and I, I talked to you and Blake, your roommate, about this. Notre Dame's in a lose-lose situation in this game. If they win, they'll be like, but if Trevor Lawrence was in there, they wouldn't have got it done. Uh, but if they lose, it's just going to be another add fuel to the fire of why Notre Dame isn't is always overrated, and that's going to be in the back of their minds. So Notre Dame's not in a great spot either way. I will say, however, if they can get, if they can, if they if they can win. But by a sizable margin, I think that will uh, squash the doubters. If they can potentially get a double-digit win, I think then you can kind of say this Nerd Dame team is legit. But if you only squeak out a three- to seven-point win, people are going to turn around and say, oh, but Trevor Lawrence was in there. But uh, at the same time, people need to remember this is only one person. They still have everybody else on their roster available to them. They have all their other five stars available to them playing Sunday. So, yes, Trevor Lawrence is obviously a big part. I'm not disputing that Heisman uh, Award uh, watch list and whatnot. However, they've still got the same players on defense. They've, got every, they've still got ETN running the ball. they still got the majority of players just without their biggest guy. So, this isn't a Clemson team with nobody.
0: It's not. And you say the loser situation. I want to bring that back up because I don't necessarily agree with that. I, I do agree that it is, you know, if they do win, it'll be kind of, oh, they didn't have Trevor Lawrence, but they're playing the cards that they've been dealt. It is the number one team in the nation at the end of the day. And if they can get a win, it it, it means more because now you're talking college football playoff. I mean, there's really only one contender uh, or a couple of contenders left, I guess, BYU Cincinnati. Um, Alabama all undefeated but if you can take down Clemson remain undefeated you've pretty much got a clear path to the college football playoff as an undefeated team so I think it why you say is a lose-lose in in terms of that aspect maybe but in the long run definitely not I think it will give Notre Dame a much-needed confidence boost and the potential of, of going undefeated and playing the college football playoff as potentially the number one or number two ranked team.
1: The only reason I say it's a lose-lose, and, like, I'm sure if they win, they'll get into the college football playoff because it's basically in their own hands. But the reason I say it's a lose-lose is because it's going to be – uh, this game is, like, it, the perception of the program as a whole. Like, the college football playoff committee realizes, like, what this game means they're going to be without Trevor Lawrence. And people are just – like, I, like I, I'm having trouble, like, saying this – like, it's going to be a great win if they can be a number one team, no doubt. But the perception around the program isn't really going to change that this team is overrated if they can only get it done by three to Clemson or seven to Clemson because it'll be in the back of everybody's mind. They were without Trevor Lawrence, and that's what made the difference. I think that's why Clemson struggled because they were trying to adjust without Trevor Lawrence so heavily against Boston College. They've had a week to prepare, yes, but it's still not the same club And that's why I think it's a lose-lose because the perception of the program really won't change either way with the win or a loss.
0: Yeah, people will still go back to that and and put the asterisks next to it as they like to do. Three uh, college football games canceled this weekend, one of them being Purdue, Wisconsin, Louisville, Virginia, and Washington and California canceled. Tulsa Navy and Air Force Army has been postponed. Uh, Wisconsin going their second straight week without playing. I don't know what their strategy is here. Maybe just play as few games as possible. Wisconsin's haven't it. I mean, their team has had it. I've had over like 20, 25 people test positive. Um, do you think – I don't, I don't want to say I – don't, I don't know what I'm trying to say here, but I guess Wisconsin, if they don't get it really under control here and, and can't play next week, I mean, is there – yeah, they, they've, they've won one game. If they're going to go based on win percentage – Say they go undefeated the rest of the way. You're really going to let a team with four wins play in the Big Ten championship? They haven't – I don't think the Big Ten has even released rules, and not that I've seen, uh, based on who can play in the conference championship, how many games you have to win. I know the max said three, mm-hmm. but I don't know what uh, what the Big Ten would say. They're playing eight games, so I would assume at least four.
1: Yeah, and that would be tough. Let's say you're a Wisconsin team 4-0, and you, let's say you're um, – your Indiana team at like five and one, I know they're not in the same conference, but just for example, or another team like Michigan Say or whatever, five and one, and you don't get in because of that, like a lot of, there's going to be some, there's going to be some salty fan bases out there. And I'm not sure the solution. I've, I've mentioned this on the podcast. This isn't a win-win situation this season, whether you like it or not. It's not. You're put in a bad situation of where you had a Wisconsin team have 20 plus COVID uh, cases, two cancellations. What do you do? Do Do you make it like so Wisconsin can't even though they did go undefeated, even though it's a slightly um, uh, less schedule? Like, I'm not sure what you do as um, the commissioner of the Big Ten, but I'm glad I'm not making those decisions.
0: Yeah, me too. I, I think it'll be interesting. And in, in even how they decide who gets in. You know, say in the MAC, like you said, you, you've got a team maybe at 5-1 and one and a team at 3-0. and oh, What do you do? Who makes that call? I don't know. Uh, it'll be something that, that'll be interesting in 2020, man, I guess is, is what you got to say to that because uh, it's definitely been a year for changes. Let's switch over to the NFL, a conversation that we're a little better at, a little more knowledgeable at. Uh, we'll start with, with the Cowboys. If you're the Cowboys right now, at this point in the season, are you tanking for a draft pick, hoping that, you know, getting Dak back next year and recharging and going after it in 2021?
1: I I, I think they're not going to purposely tank, but I think they're tanking in the way that it just fell to them to tank. Because let's be honest, they they don't have any other reason to Other than to tank, I mean, Dak Prescott's out. You got Andy Dalton who now hurts. So you're turning to either Garrett Gilbert, Cooper Rush, and like whether you like it or not, those are not winning quarterbacks. And at the end of the day, like, I'm sure they would like to win. Now they got the seat. They got the Ceedee Lamb who they drafted to win. Now they've got Gallup and Cooper. They just need a better defense. I'm sure they wouldn't like to take, but you're 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 kind of forced a hand here and what else do you do but try to win, but I'm not sure them trying to win isn't anything other than a loss at this point.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, you, you look at the Cowboys, and the funny thing is with the Cowboys, too, is any other team that was two and six, you'd probably say, yeah, throw in the back. They're not out of the NFC East, is, is the funny part. I mean, Philadelphia's leading the division at three, four, and one. Dallas is there at two and six. You win three games, and all of a sudden you're back into it. So that's why it's an interesting situation for Dallas is do you just throw in the towel or or do you try and, and maybe win this thing because you're not too many games out of it, honestly.
1: Yeah, yeah. And when you look at their schedule, I'm looking at you've got the Steelers who I'm I'm sure everybody's expecting them to lose. But then you've got the Vikings for, who have had their struggles over the years. You have the Washington. Then you followed up with the Ravens. But the Bengals, 49ers, Eagles, Giants, like, like 49ers, as good as they they were last season, are hurt. Eagles three, four, and one. Giants struggling. Washington football team struggling as well. So, the Vikings struggling. Like so, except those two Steelers and Ravens games. Like those are all potential winnable games. I say winnable. I'm not saying they're going to win, but they're definitely winnable games. So, you could have. You could still have the Cowboys somehow manage to win that division.
0: You could, and then, you know, at what expense is winning the division and then losing in the first round of the playoffs, and then, you know, now you're getting, a, you, know, 24th, uh, you know, the 24th pick in the draft. So, I don't know. It's, it's all uh, decisions for Jerry Jones to make. Sam, uh, so Thursday Night Football kicks off here in about 25 minutes, um, and that will start the second half of the NFL football season. Right now, um, if you had to name a team to the Super Bowl – Right now, we kind of talked a little bit about this on Monday on who we liked out of each mm-hmm. conference. Um, if you had to pick a team to win it all right now, who would it be?
1: I, I'm pretty sure we did. We do preseason predictions.
0: I don't think we did. I don't have them written down. I, I we might might have milled over the subject. I said Saints. I know that. I don't know if I said it on the podcast or not, but I, I don't think we did any midseason stereotypical radio sports talk show predictions. But uh, we're now midway through. I guess we can do some some cliche predictions.
1: So I'm riding with my boy. I gotta ride with my boy Russ. Let Russ cook. I mean, this, see, Russ hasn't let me down so far this season. Yes, they did get the one loss, but I'm really a fan of them. Potentially should have got that win to stay undefeated against the Cardinals. But I, I like the Seahawks. I like what they're doing as long as Chris Carson can can get back sooner rather than later. I don't see why they couldn't make a run throughout this um throughout this league
0: i agree i I, I like the Seahawks a lot um, it's hard to make it to make a mid season call right now i mean last year mid season we would say the Ravens they were rolling everybody um, and right now you, you might say the Steelers are undefeated um I really want to say the Steelers here, but I don't think I can. I do think it's going to be an AFC team that wins it all, though. I, I, I like the NFC, but I do think it'll be an AFC team that doesn't win it all. I like my boy Drew Brees and the Saints. He's in the NFC, obviously. Um, I, I would say at this point, I would say you'd have to go Steelers or Ravens at this okay. point in the season. I, I like both of them. I'm going to lean towards the Steelers at this point. Honestly, they're undefeated. I know um, that can be dangerous to pick an undefeated team to win it all, but I, I think they'll have a. I think they'll have a um, a one or two humbling losses in there before the end of the season. But as of right now, if I was to go and, and place a bet on who to win the Super Bowl, I would put it on the
1: Steelers right now. I mean, yeah, but I, I remember talking last year about how the Titans are how I mentioned the Titans could. I, I'm pretty sure I. I said that they're a potential team to reach the Super Bowl, and I, I think I stand by that. I'm, I'm going to go Super Bowl matchup uh, Seahawks versus sleeper team in the Titans. I'm
0: going that. Would not be a bad call either. Uh, I think another sleeper team you got to look at is the Bills. I know they kind of started out hot and then kind of fell off everybody's radar, but I think the Bills
1: you have to keep your eye on as well. No doubt. I mean, I mean, what can you say? Josh Allen. They've got Stephon Diggs has just fit into that offense nicely. You still got Zach Moss and Devin Singletary. Their defense has been a little bit lackluster at times. Not going to lie, a little bit of regression from the dominant seasons they've had. But that that team, you shouldn't be sleeping on by any means. Definitely not. Definitely not. Uh, We'll see. We'll we'll
0: watch the rest of the NFL season. It will be interesting because I do think there is a lot of of contenders. Let's switch over to some local conversation in the Indianapolis Colts. Right now in the season, the Colts are what, a five and six and two, five and Uh, two. Yeah, I Uh, believe so.
1: Five and two. Yep.
0: So five and two at this point, are you buying in? I know you've been a big skeptic Mm -hmm. of Phil Rivers. Are you buying into him right now at five and two?
1: I'm not. I'm not. With Philip Rivers as my quarterback, I'm staying by. And I've told I've told you why off fair. I've told everybody why. And it's because the one tough defense they have played so far in the Bears, he hasn't performed. And until I see him play well against the Ravens and then the Titans, I believe, and then the Ravens, Titans, Packers. Titans, four straight tough games, four straight, I would say, solid defenses. Titans, eh, if he on the defensive side of the ball, but contenders of teams. He just hasn't performed, not to mention the Browns game they lost where he didn't look the best. But I, I'm i waiting to see Phil Brewer step up against a um, big-time defense because if you're going to make it far in the playoffs, you're going to have to come across a Bills or a, a Chiefs or a – Ravens team that has a tough defense, and these are the games that have prepared you for that.
0: Yeah, that, that's right. If I didn't have to say, are you buying into Phil Rivers? But are you buying into the team? Are you doing? Are you buying into the Annapolis Colts at this point?
1: I think. I think yes. I think the the formula is there. I think it's just whether it's the defense. I, it has been phenomenal. Xavier Rhodes, I believe, allowing like one of the fewest completion percentages in the um, East. Our defensive line is looking really solid to Forrest Buckner, taking um, taking attention away from the other guys to allow them to get sacks, which is really nice. Jonathan Taylor, despite his injury, I think he's still supposed to play this week. So I think we've got the formula for potential success, it's just whether we can get it done and implement it, and if Philip Rivers cannot uh, force too many mistakes.
0: Yeah, uh, we'll see. Um, at this point, I would say I'm buying into Philip Rivers. I've kind of taken the different approach when it's come to Philip Rivers, I feel like I have. Um, before the season even started, I said, you know what, Let, let's, I'm embracing it. Let's see what he has to bring. I think he's fun to watch at some point. He can be fun to watch not only with his play, but with his demeanor and how he handles things. I'm buying into Phillip Rivers at this point, the Colts are five and two. And, and, and all that I've really heard um, just around the, the media and, and what I've seen online is there's a lot of criticism around the Colts right now, but I'm buying into him. this team at the end of the day is five and two and, and I, I really like where this team is headed. I think they're heading in the right direction. They got a big test in the Ravens this weekend. If they can get that done, I'm buying in even more. I think a lot more people will. But at the end of the day, it is the Colts
1: defense that is doing really good things for this team. No doubt. And, and that's why I'm just holding back because, I mean, look at the games that Phillip's done really well. Vikings struggling defense, struggling record. Jaguars, uh, one of the worst defenses. You got the Jets. We all know about the 0-8 Jets. We got the Bengals, who, yes, despite their um, uh, despite Joe Burrow's success, their defense hasn't looked the best. And then the Lions. I mean, the Lions have a subpar defense as well. So when you look at the only test that Philip Rivers has had to play is the Bears, where I believe he didn't put up any touchdowns against the, or he put up one touchdown against the Bears, 16 of 29, 190 yards, just lackluster all around. He did get the job done. He did get the win. But until until I can see them prove it in a big way against this Baltimore, I would say one of the top defenses in the league, I don't think we can buy in on Phillip Rivers just yet.
0: Yeah, he's got to perform. That that is for sure. Is Justin Herbert in, in the Los Angeles Chargers? How much pressure is he under at this point? I know he was not expected to really play much this season. Uh, Tyrod Taylor went out, and he's now back after he got pierced in his lung uh, by the team doctor. They're two and five. Is is Justin Herbert under any sort of pressure at the quarterback position?
1: No. I, he's not under he, he's maybe in a position where he's had to have pressure to win but I mean he's delivered 1800 yards on the season 15 touchdowns five picks when you watch him he does what needs to get done and I think you can see in him the franchise guy that the Chargers were looking for I watch him and I'm just amazed by what he's doing at this um at, at as a rookie I mean him and Burrow are going back and forth for rookie of the year at this point and I'm kind of leaning towards Justin Herbert at this point. I know he hasn't got it done in the win column like uh, Joe Burrow, but I like Justin Herbert's game. I think the only pressure he has is to actually get a win.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I just I just wanted to bring that up because they are two and five. There's been a lot of hype around Herbert. I feel like he does have some pieces in place. I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, there was a reason that Phillip Rivers left there. So – Uh, yeah I I don't feel like there's an immense amount of pressure on him but there is some sort of maybe sense of urgency that needs to be there for him to win some games for him to get some credibility as a rookie for sure
1: oh no doubt but I mean this is this is a learning curve at the end of the day this is a year I don't think the Chargers expected to do well so I think they're going to take the their losses like they can why why the Dolphins put Tua in at starting quarterback just so they could see what they have in him and I think the Chargers really like what they see I think everybody likes what they see in Herbert and even if the Chargers can only get five wins if Herbert keeps putting up the numbers he does and keeps putting up the performance he does like I'm I'm really impressed so far and maybe it's not this season but next season two seasons down the road the Chargers could be in a good good spot moving forward
0: yeah they they could be I think I think they definitely have found their their quarterback uh, there in, in LA. All right, Sam. Let's get to everybody's favorite segment tonight. Lock it down. We're both nine and seven on the season. We're not we're not doing too bad. We're 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 winning. So that that's always good. Uh, it's a close race. We're tied. We've been tied for the past couple of weeks. I'll uh, I'll probably break that this weekend, um, Sam. So so don't worry. I'll I'll probably go two and zero. You know I, I don't
1: know Okay. Well, You're a little, we'll being a little bit cocky there.
0: Yeah, well, you have to be, right? You know, play to win, right? Who, who are you taking this weekend in your in your picks?
1: So I've got a tonight matchup, uh, or well, when you guys listen to this, it will be yesterday's, but Packers minus six and a half at 49ers. I saw I saw a thing or heard a thing that said uh, nobody from the NFC divisional championship game is going to be. Who touched who got a uh, who touched the ball for the 49ers is playing in this game so I think that's an easy money Packers yes don't really have uh, running back I don't think Aaron Jones is playing yeah like he is Tyler Ir- what
0: Aaron Jones is active that that oh. happened uh, later uh, earlier this evening but yeah he is he is active
1: okay that bodes well originally heading into this week the Packers thought they would have Tyler Irving starting at their running back so I think the Packers, at basically full strength, are just going to walk through the 49ers who have dealt with so many injuries. I think this is a big matchup. Aaron Rodgers just needs to—he's—he's—he's he's, he's on a um, another level this season. I think he gets it done there. And now I've got on—I've got our first uh, Colts. Um, I think our first Colts bet of the season. I've got Ravens minus one and a half at Colts. Now I'll say—I'll say this. Ravens have been struggling as of late. I mean, they lost to the the loss to the Steelers, and they lost or they barely beat the Eagles. They're gonna need a win to prove again why that they should be considered the at the top of the conference. And against a team that's five and two, uh, tied for first in the AFC South, I think this is a big must uh, win, must prove themselves game for the Ravens. I like the Ravens away. At Colts, I feel like the, the defense will get to Phillip Rivers too much.
0: It could. I, I like that pick based on those stats you just said, Ravens in desperate need of a, of a big win. I don't know, though. I, I, do, I do have a feeling about the Colts. I, I think that, that they're going to play really well. I think their offense hit a few more strides against the Lions last week that, that could be good for them this week. For me, uh, I've got a couple of interesting picks. I'm going Panthers and the points. Uh, they're getting 10.5 at – Uh, Kansas City in Arrowhead. Now, it would be more of an enticing bet if the Panthers were at home. I am a little worried about this one, though, but I'm going to take the Panthers plus ten and a half. I think Teddy Tugloves and and Patrick Mahomes will have a nice little battle. It seems like the Chiefs have been blowing everybody out, but I think this game will be a little closer. I think the Panthers will come to play and and maybe catch the Chiefs a little off guard. I I don't know. I I think it's kind of hard to catch the Chiefs off guard. Because they're so well coached, Uh, but give me the Panthers and the ten and a half on Sunday, and then give me the Bears and the points. I'm going with some underdogs this weekend. Give me the Bears; they're getting six and a half against the Titans. Um, That is in Tennessee, I believe. But give me the Bears plus six and a half. They love to cover the underdog spread this year. Uh, It feels like every game they play in is close. So give me the Bears, and give me the Bears plus six and a half. In Tennessee, the Titans. Yes, they are in a a bit of a, a must-win situation. And a couple of things that I've learned from a couple of different shows that I listen to is you, you 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 shouldn't bet. The the odds makers make the the week after a loss for the Titans. See this this looks really attractive because the Titans lost last week, um, and, and so this bet looks really attractive because you you think oh well they lost to to them then they should beat uh they should beat uh the um, they, they they lost to them so then uh they're not gonna be as good and, and they shouldn't cover the spread is what I'm trying to say. So yes, while it is might be a bit of a trap bet, the Titans coming off two losses and one of those being the Bengals last week, give me the Bears and the points on
1: Sunday. That's interesting. I tried to bet on the Bears earlier and they disappointed they disappointed me heavily on I think I think it was Monday night or Sunday night. So hopefully they can put up more points than they did with <laughs> than they did for me.
0: Yeah, hopefully uh, you know I hope I hope Nick Foles can can get it done. They they did look a little uh, sketchy last week, but overall I think they can cover the six and a half um, this week against the um, against the Titans. But w- w- we shall see. Yeah, they uh, they lost to the Saints as we get overtime, so they they covered the spread there, but. I think they cover it again. You look at some of their games; are really close. Bucks twenty to nineteen, Falcons thirty to twenty six, Giants seventeen thirteen, Lions twenty seven twenty three, Colts nineteen to eleven. So yeah, I think I think these this game's gonna be uh, gonna be pretty close. Same you got Anything else before we close out the podcast today?
1: Um, nope. Just hoping Ball State can get a win next week. Yeah. If we don't, I'm gonna go cry in a corner. But other than that, not really.
0: Other than that, it should be good. Home opener next week, Eastern Home Michigan. Should be a fun one there in Muncie. Uh, We'll be back on Monday, wrap up the week in the NFL. Until then, uh, have a good night, and we'll talk to you next time.